You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome, Sid Talk, to After the Show. <laughs> I caught you off guard, didn't I? Welcome, 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 as I drink out of my cup of tea. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody in America who... Um, and everybody else, happy, late, happy nothing. Happy late Thanksgiving? Yeah. Uh, most cultures, I think, have a fall... Yeah, um, Canada have Thanksgiving, but it's thing. like three weeks before the American one. I mean, it's just a fall thing. Uh, England doesn't have anything. Definitely not. Nothing. I mean, we have Halloween. But I did learn... Barely. I did learn something about England yesterday, that they've started to have Black Friday. Which is definitely an American thing. Yeah, because how can you have Black Friday without Thanksgiving? True. So they just have Black Friday and nothing else. That do you know week. why it's called Black Friday? No. Uh, yes, probably something to do with uh, the books being in the mm-hmm. black instead of the red, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, but England have it now. And I was reading the Daily Mirror yesterday. And there was lots of incidents of people fighting over televisions. And you know that kind of stuff. Always. Yeah, yeah there was that in England. So I say in England... Just don't have black... Don't encourage that. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, people fighting over shit in It's shops. ridiculous anyway. Yeah, so, I, you know, somebody on my Facebook from Britain said, oh, yeah, we're going to have a... Because um, I said I didn't even realise you had Black Friday because she was talking about it. And then she said, yeah, we're going to have a Statue of Liberty soon, I think. We're just turning into America. So... I don't think... I don't think that's accurate. Oh, wait. English people are great at exaggerating everything. No, it's a joke. Like you know, know. You, but what I'm saying but is, but one thing doesn't make you America. Not just one thing. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of American things that came about. You know, fast food joints. They yes, we had fast food joints, but now they've got in there as much as they are here. Like all of them, you know, Wendy's and they didn't exist ten years ago. You know, they there was inroads and then they all got in there. They are very American, aren't they? McDonald's, Burger King. I mean, I know McDonald's started in America. I don't know about all And now they're everywhere. Not just England. The whole world, right? Like, I seen um, a video the other day from um, Abu Dhabi, and it's full of... Right, so England is also India, right? Because you have so many curry houses and people from India. You are now India. And there's a lot of English people. Because you have a lot more Indian reference or influence than you do American influence. That is for sure. Yeah, totally. India... But you're still England. Yeah. (laughs) America's right. not not America because you're here, or because no. a lot of people marry and bring people from other countries here, or because we have an Indian house, or because we have a Thai restaurant, or a Chinese restaurant, or a Mexican restaurant. Black Friday is unnecessary, though. I think it's unnecessary here, to be honest. Of all the t- all the times you can go shopping, right? What is necessary? Shopping wise. Yeah, so the, the, the Black Friday thing, like, very specifically targeting it down to this, like, very specific window of I time. I think that started, I mean, I've been here my whole life, so I think, if, for me, if I think of the history of it, it would have started, like, as a kid, everybody started, obviously, having Thanksgiving Day off, and then you had the day after Thanksgiving off school. And then some businesses started being closed, like, the day after Thanksgiving. Not many. Very, very few. But then, like, a courthouse would start closing the day after Thanksgiving. Because it was like, well, why come back to work for one day? Courts weren't in session. That kind of stuff. At least where I was from, I think. Then it got to be, well, the state governor 
would then declare every year as sort of this one year he didn't like three years ago didn't declare the day after thanksgiving a holiday which pissed everybody off but then declares it a holiday and then the, all the state workers you know are off yeah um all that kind of stuff schools are closed and then what do you do as a retailer you look around and you go oh like half the businesses are closed today but if i have a sale and no one's at school and half the people are off work they can come over here i can make some money because today's like a dead day nobody's out and it just started, like, the grocery store would have a few sales because it's, like, all our Thanksgiving stuff is now half off or whatever because you're not going to buy a turkey anymore. Cause... And then it just sort of, like everything else, it just spirals out of control. Yeah, big, big corporations get their teeth into it. And then it becomes, like, a thing. And then when you think about the 80s and 90s with the Teddy Ruxpin and the Cabbage Patch Kids, and then all of a sudden that became a thing that the day after Thanksgiving was knockdown drag out and we've evolved to where it's just um a common yeah and black, you know. Fri- black friday's not enough and you know it's then it moved into oh now it's cyber monday as well where they where all the online retailers have their black friday type scenario um next you know it could even snowball further down that week couldn't it if if they keep going <laughs> no because that doesn't make any sense well it could be but it doesn't make any sense. Black it, Tuesday. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. Like, That's oh, let's same. reprise Black Friday. You know, Black Friday, all the stuff we've still got left, come on Tuesday and get the rest of it. Like, it could actually end Yeah, up. but it's not the same, is it? That's just... That's just taking the piss. <laughs> I, I, um, don't... We didn't go shopping on Black Friday. I, it wasn't... It's not Black Friday. Retailers call it that. That's not what it is. Oh. It's just the day after Thanksgiving. It's It's a... It's a money thing that people call it Black Friday. It wasn't. It's not Black Friday for any other reason. So it's not actually Black Friday. It's just that in the business world. Yeah, that's what they call it. Like, so if you go to, the, no, if you, you can say I'm going to Walmart for Black Friday. Like, to... right, but that doesn't mean that day is that. That's what's annoying oh, to me. It can be any other day. No, that the day of Thanksgiving isn't automatically Black Friday. See, I thought it was. I don't mean that. I mean, it isn't just Black Friday. It's, it's just, just the day after Thanksgiving. And then in the corporate world and in the business world and down the street, because of business, they call it Black Friday. But it's not actually Black Friday. It's just a day at the day after Thanksgiving. Right. So for people to well, tag the- it like that, oh, well, on Black Friday, Mom and I went over to Grandma's house. No, you didn't. It's not Black Friday. No, but people really see it. Yeah, That's I know, because how- people are idiots. Yeah, I'm s- well, <laughs> no, they're not. They're, they're not idiots. They're- yeah, they're brainwashed idiots. Yeah, they're, well, no. They um they're not idiots. Not everybody who calls it Black Friday is an idiot. No, it's an you're an idiot if you call it that outside of the realm of the fact that you're going to Best Buy for a Black Friday sale. If you just say flat out, "Oh, I have to work on Black Friday," then you're an idiot because it's not Black Friday. All right. So um, <laughs> well, but we didn't go out on the Friday after Thanksgiving uh, to the shops. But I I wouldn't want to anyway because we did go one year because I wanted to get a Game Boy. Yep. And we oh went- no, it wasn't. It was a Game Boy. Yeah, it was a Game Boy Advance. And we went into Walmart. And it was... I've never seen anything like it. It is insane. It was, there was a palette of Game Boys. Basically. Like, they'd put them all out on this palette. But that was pal- a GameCube. No, it was a Game Boy. Because they were smaller, weren't they? Yeah. And it was on... It was a Game Boy Advance. It, it was on... They made. They put a big palette in the and store. And people were bellied up to it. And the like, palette was covered in newspaper. And there was just people, yeah, touching. Bellied up. And they're looking over their shoulder at you like, don't fucking don't And we tried, me. and I said, oh, I really wanted one, like, and it was cheap. We didn't try. We walked past, we, and you said, well, never mind. What, I said, we walked <laughs> up to it. We actually walked up to the pallet, and it was just, there was more people than there was Game Boys. 
And then I said to you, Let's just, I'll just buy it full price, whatever. It's like if you imagine a little crumble of food on the ground and a, and a swarm of ants come crawling all over it. That's yeah. what it looks like. Like this, like zombies on a, on a dead animal. And I remember something. we went into the video gaming bit and I went up to the glass case and we asked the lady, can I have one of those Game Boys? And she was looking at Because I said, I'll just buy it full price. Because it was what? No, remember. Maybe $30 more. And she was looking at us like, why are you buying that? Because you could go and stand over there. You mean there's only a specific one that was over there on sale? White one or something? No, it was like, it was new at that time. And it was But it wouldn't be different in the other part of the store unless it was a different one. So it must have just been like a different version that you got. I think it was the same one. It just wasn't, it didn't have the sale price on it. They just had some in the cupboard. It'd be the same. So it must have been different. Like they must have got something with that. It's a black one that I've got because I've still got it. But uh, it was the one that folds in half with the light on it. But um, I ended up just paying normal. But I mean, that, uh, that whole experience in that store, it was insane. And people are just, they just want stuff so bad. They stand there. Yeah, they're idiots. I don't know how that doesn't explain it. Well, yeah. People are brainwashed into thinking they need a 40 fucking inch TV that's $210 instead of just appreciating the TV that they have. And that the idea that you're going to elbow somebody because there's only three in the store, by God, I'm getting it. It's just, it's like, yeah, that sucks. you are a puppet. You are being, you've got somebody's hand shoved up your ass and you are doing exactly what they want. And I don't subscribe to that. So. Obviously. It is um, Saturday, November the 29th. And it is after the show, number 352. The movie we're looking at this week, because we are a movie review podcast, not a retail (laughs) review. And the movie we're looking at is Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. This is a 2014 movie, actually released on Blu-ray on the 18th of November, so you can pick it up now. It's rated R, and it's from our friends at Anchor Bay. And Sid Toy, you're going to give us the uh, synopsis of Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. Well, it's hard to synopsisize, because it's sort of a crisscrossing of, you know, it's always a mishmash of stories, really. It's Sin City. And within Sid City, there's 8 million stories to tell. And so we get Nancy, who we've seen already. She's the dancer who's had a tragic thing from her childhood. And then the dude and Bruce Willis, whatever, diehard guy, <laughs> whatever you want to call him. And the, so her story is continuing. Um, what's his name? The Brute. Marv. Marv, yeah. Marv. He's continued. He's just like a, like a machine of a guy, like a thug who has... Nothing really to him except he's just a weapon that people can use. And so then we got new stuff. Josh Brolin's... Well, she said he was in the other one, but I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, he was. He was played by Clive Owen in the other one. Dwight. God, I don't remember at all. Clive Owen was was the photographer dude. And and they recast him uh, as Josh Brolin. Yeah. But then there's also this weird face um, thing. But yeah. obviously Clive Owen didn't come back, so they used somebody else. But yeah, he wasn't. Well, Josh Brolin. Yeah. But I mean, even after the surgery, they didn't... It's Josh Brolin. What I mean is they didn't use Clive Owen at the beginning, then he has this surgery, and then he turns into Josh Brolin. They just used Josh Brolin the entire time, so... Was he supposed to be Clive Owen? Yeah. Supposed to be Clive Owen, yeah. Hmm. This was before, and that was after. Oh, see, I don't get the timeline at all. Yeah, the timeline is a bit wonky in this movie, I have to say. Yeah, I have and no I, And clear. I know the first one well, quite well. Well, we know well. that... Bruce Willis is dead. Are we off the synopsis now? Yeah. Into the movie, right? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, so this is the sequel to Sin City. If you've never seen Sin City, it's a movie from 2005. So spoilers, probably. Yeah, for that a one. Robert Rodriguez movie it's from 2005. It's hard to spoil it, though. A very revolutionary movie 
of it for the time, I visually. think. Visually. Visually. And even so, even still now, because it's not been overly done, this kind of style. Um, but yeah, Clive Owen was Dwight in the original. Uh, and there is some continuity in this movie that is a bit bonk for me. For example. But I don't want to go into like, I, mm. I, I, I want to say that I really like this movie a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because I love Sin City. And it's more Sin City, which is what I wanted. You know? But let me just say about this is a continuity that I saw personally. Um, so, and there might be a bit of a spoilers, some spoilers here. Marv being in Nancy's story in the bar. Yeah. Doesn't make sense because in the first one, when Hartigan dies and then Nancy's, you know, it would, it would be in there. And she would, should be, if Marv, Marv also dies. In the we, first. we think. Yeah. But him being there doesn't seem right to me, because she's not scarred up at that point where he's watching her in the bar. There's, it seems wrong to me. I don't know what the deal is there at all. I don't know if it was a mistake or... What do you mean? She's scarred up? Not when he's watching her on dancing and protecting her when they, they throw the hat and all that stuff. He shouldn't really be there, should he? He's dead at that point. Marv? Yeah. I don't I don't remember him dying. Yeah, he died in the first one. I remember that. I don't think Well that's just a thing that I saw. Yeah. Um it, it almost seemed like they just wanted Marv to be back in this one, like yeah. and there he was, like it, and it doesn't have to make fully sense because it is like stories of the city and comic books are a bit wonky, aren't they? And weird you know I mean if if they both died in the first one and then this one, one's dead and one's not. And it's we're moving on because she's grieving for the other one. Then he didn't die. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing where I was like, why is Marv here now? Because she's grieving Hartigan and Marv would have been dead. Why is he here now? Like, We I need to watch the other one then. I knew to. I yeah. do. We, yeah, I, I, I was like, well, it seems a bit... Because I don't remember him dying at all in the first one. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but, um... So this is the... This is based on the A Dame to Kill For, which is this... The sequel to Sin City, the graphic novel. He wrote another graphic novel, which was this. But A Dame to Kill For only contains two stories. And in here, Frank Miller, who's also the co-director of this movie, wrote some more stuff to make this movie... You know, there's some stuff that's not in the graphic novel. But it's written by him, so it counts, right? It's not like, oh, they just made some stuff up to fill this movie up. Now, It would I, count anyway, because it's a movie and that's a graphic novel. Yeah, now I love this style. I love the style of this. I love the everything about it. It's just so striking, and it's not like other things that you watch. It's Gives like you a watching a comic book. Feeling, yeah, like really different. It's I like how it doesn't pull punches. It's as violent as it wants to be. It's sexual. It's it, you know it. It's not for kids. It, it's just completely hardcore, like like a crime novel, uh, graphic novel come to life. Um, I love the stories in this. Especially Nancy's story and Marv's story. I really like those. Now, the, the one with... Um, what's he called? Gordon Lovett. Yeah. Now, that promised to be a really good story. I was into it. Like, I was really into it. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was like... It was almost amounted to nothing. Like, it... Like, I wanted some kind of awesome revenge tale. Like, and it really wasn't that, was it? it mm-hmm. I mean, I it, went the, it went the opposite to how I thought it was going to go. And it... it ended up being very unsatisfying to me. Like, No, I felt it was right, because what he said is right. And he knew his fate, so 
I think it was it was fine for me. Yeah, for me, it it just it it was a bit of a fizzle out type of thing, and I was like, oh, I really like the character of Joseph Gordon. You know, it was a really cool character, wasn't he? Like he was mm. just interesting. Like, and and I felt tension on that. T- they, he goes to gamble yep. with the horrible man with the horrible bloke. We have him also from the last yeah. one. Yeah. But he goes to gamble, and the tension at that table, you could feel that all that whole thing, but it just built up, for me, to, like, less than it, sh- than it could have been. But um, Nancy's story and Marv's story were awesome. I, I, I love their stories in the first movie, and I liked how they crisscrossed, you know, how it crisscrossed them with the first movie, all this stuff. The yellow bastard, and it all fits together, kind of. But, um... If you really liked the first movie, I think you would really like this because they didn't change very much. I don't know about that. I think that this is a whole... It's a very... It's the same and it's really different. It doesn't have... It doesn't have the same sort of backdrop arc that the other one did with the serial killer thing. You know, the weird... The, you know, that combination of the weird... The cannibal and (laughs) all that. Didn't have any of that. All you really have is Nancy threaded through, Gordon Levitt threaded through, Josh Brolin threaded through, Marv is just there because he's part of their stories. But there's no, like, other than you could say, oh, well, no, Nancy's story is the arc. Well, no, because I think Josh Brolin's story is the arc. Well, no, the Eva's story is the arc. Well, so I think that's more, it's less focused. The other one was like, here's a story, here's a story, here's a story. And then across them all, we have this floating in the background. This one doesn't have that. I mean, I missed one if it was there. And the other one had, uh, the original movie had a, s- a segment in the middle directed by Quentin Tarantino, which was a, a interesting um, thing. What happened there with that first film is, you know, Rodriguez hates the studio system. Yeah, yeah. The reason Quentin directed a portion of Sin City, because Rodriguez wanted to piss off the... You have to pay for a license to make a movies and uh, it's to do with unions and stuff. And you're not allowed to have a co-director if you're in that Well, You're only allowed to direct on your own. You're not allowed to have two directors. So he got Quentin to be co-director of the movie and then told them, I, can't, I don't know who it is exactly, it's the SAG people, told them to piss off, I don't want to be a member of your thing anymore. We're making a movie with two directors and then went and did it on his own. It was it was to do with it's that. T- yeah. He was rebelling against the studios. So that was the reason Tarantino had a, p- a portion of that movie. And he doesn't in this. But Frank Miller directs, co-directs. Um, but I don't feel like anything was lost because Tarantino wasn't in there. I mean, there's just... Tarantino's section in the first movie is a bunch of dialogue. I didn't like, know what it was. It's the bit where they're in the car... It's just a talk in the car between... It's no different or anything. It's just... It's just a ton of dialogue, though. It's way more wordy, like Tarantino is, than Sin City really is. Sin City is not really... But it's not like there's a segment in the middle of the movie that's a completely different anything. No, it feels like part of the movie. Yeah. But um, I thought this was great. I I really enjoyed the entire thing. In fact, when it ended, I was like, oh, really? Is that the end? That was too short for me. Yeah, you were like, like, I just wanted more of that. (laughs) But... I definitely can see there's a difference between the two movies. And I think the first movie, for me, is much better story. I think the story of the first one, it, it seemed story? crafted. Just the whole thing. like exactly. It seemed crafted better. This one seemed like, here's, some, here's a couple of stories. It's like if you'd taken Nancy's story and had it be the story. Yeah. 
and then weave the other three kind of in and out. Marv in and out, Josh, Roland. I think those are the only ones like with the Eva thing. There's only really three in this. Right. One. Josh, Josh Gordon. No. Joseph Gordon. Joseph Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But used her as the backdrop of it all that kind of moved it all forward. Because you also don't have a central character like you did with the Bruce Willis guy. He was sort of connected to all the different stories last time. You could say Marv is, but, but he's, he's, he's not, in all three He has of nothing them. to do with the Joseph Gordon-Levitt story. He he meets him, though, and he says, do you want me to... Yeah, he's not part of his story. No, so. he just weaves in and out of it. What I mean is Bruce Willis is actually a detective in one of the yeah. layers of the other story. He's the main thing in Nancy's life, and he's also the like the target of the other guy. So he's he's sort of like the hub that holds them all together. That's why I thought the other one was crafted better. Like, I don't mean in terms of visuals and special effects, because this one was on a par with yeah, the other one. Yeah, absolutely. I think just in terms of like make, making the story more interesting, I think the story was more interesting in the first one anyway. Like, they blew the wad with that serial killer thing and all that. I mean, that's awesome mm. stuff. And, you know, there's some pretty good stuff in that first one. I think, though, men get a hard-on for this shit about a woman who's like a black widow, you know? That she can, like, entice men to do what she wants. It's very... And then the men can get revenge on her for being so terrible. Men just get off on that shit. And that's not interesting to me at all. Except that she... I like her. Eva, actress lady. She's really good. But that sort of permeates everything. It's Obviously, very, it's, like, she's a film noir, isn't it? Old-style gangster-type. Thing, but but tuned up a bit, like for the violence. You know, the violence is obviously way overboard. I like that Miho got like a bit of a backstory. Kind of, mm. I mean, she was in the first really, one, yeah. And they, but they switched the actress. She's a different woman in this one. But I really liked her in the first one, and there was very minimal use of her in the first one. But then in this one, they really got to use her in an action scene properly. Just which one I, scene, though. Yeah, but that action scene was cool. Like it was like it was. one of my favorite parts of the movie. You know, it's it's very. And I don't care Samurai. about the Rosario Dawson character at all. I couldn't give a shit about the women in the city who run everything. I mean, like I said to you, Frank Miller, I think, has this old school idea. Women are either damsels in distress, yeah. which means they're a victim, they turn out to be a stripper, or they're the Miss Innocent who ends up to be a stripper, and poor her, she's going to get her head chopped off. Or they are the horrible diva evil but that some men will truly fall in love with her and that somewhere deep inside of her she's got the ability to fall in love with some guy but it's always going to be violent and and then there are the women who are like we are no longer victims we are the amazon prostitutes of the city and we will protect with our guns and that's it there is no there are no other women in this in this tale no there are different kinds of men you know sort of they're all pretty just they're pretty sleazy they're all pretty down. Violent. Yeah. They're all so violent. It's very interesting. But the men are always at the center, really. Even when, when they don't introduce... Let it, don't let it try to trick you into thinking the women are the main feature of the story, because they're not. When they introduced the character of Johnny, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, at the beginning, I was like, oh, okay, this is this guy's going to be different. He's going to be the... He's not going to be the guy who punches people in the face and like bru- bruises right. the shit out of people. <laughs> He's going to be the, the clever guy who tricks people. And he is, kind of, but then he just does some violence, like, and I was like, okay, he's actually, he's Marv, the violent guy, but he's a bit more clever than everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the only Smooth. thing. So everybody's violent. There is nobody who's not violent, really. I mean, maybe... Except for the very innocent young ladies who are obviously escorts and been roped into but something really t- terrible. Yeah. But something really bad's going to happen to them, no matter what. Yeah, everybody. It's Nancy. a horrible yeah. world, yeah. And it's dirty and it's horrible, like... 
You're going <laughs> to be you're going to be killed, or you're going to be a sex slave, or you're going to be um, killed. The only person, I guess, who we're supposed to think after the fact, if you think about it, would be her actual husband, the British guy. Yeah. Who didn't appear after the fact, didn't actually do anything wrong at all. And no. he ends up, you know, yeah. in a bad way. But everybody else has got their dirty little fingers in something. And it's, that, it's that old crime novel thing. So all Frank Miller's Nobody's really, clean. Yeah, Frank Miller's looked at, like, these old crime novels from the 20s and stuff. And the but 30s. he's that old. Yeah, and he's took them and gone, like, let's really ratchet the violence up. That's really what Sin City is. I don't know if it's really ratcheting up the violence, though. They're very violent, those old movies. There's lots of punching and beating up. Yeah, so I don't think the violence is higher except that you see the severed heads and stuff. I don't think that, to me, that's not more violent. That's just more graphic of the same violence. But I gotta say, I love how this movie looks. It's like a work of art. There's, like, a lot of times where I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, you're looking around like, oh. Yeah, like, it's just... There's things I don't expect sometimes. I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, wow, look at that. Like how he, you know, changes this, the ref- takes the reflection out of people's glasses. Or it's things that you see in comic books, and but you don't really think about it. You just go, oh, that's a striking looking. He doesn't looking. take the reflection. He fills them with light. Yeah, but I mean, those like yeah. those kind of images. Or like one character's color and the rest are black and white. Or there's lots of visual flourishes. Like when, when blood comes out, it's just white instead of red. It just makes it look really... Like a comic book, you know. If you've looked at the Sin City comic book, it's all white and black. You know, there's, there isn't much red in it. Um, but it, if you want to capture a comic book, it really does. A graphic novel, not a comic book. But um, I don't think there's anything else that really has done that. And I was thinking, oh, maybe 300, Frank. that's mm-hmm. also Frank Miller. But it's not really this style. It's no. Not, it's more realistic, that one, than... I mean, they actually... It doesn't always look CG. And when there is an extra on this Blu-ray <laughs> yeah. where you can watch the entire movie, the green screen version of the movie, and it's sped up, so it lasts 16 minutes, but it's the entire movie. And there's very little for these actors to work with. Very, very little. Like, like it's a green Green stairs room. and a green wall and a green table. and <laughs> Yeah, it made me... I was, like, blown away by... It. That actually made me go, holy crap, you don't even realise when you're watching it how little there is there. Like, I'm always thinking, well, everything they... No, they built that, haven't they? It's, it, I always think, you know, when they're in the bar and there's a thing... Well, all those shelves are really there. They've just built shelves. And usually they are. Yeah, but, this but time in this, there, there's not even that. There's, what would you say, like, 90% of it I don't know. Is, I'd have to watch it all again side by side, but it's pretty green. And I was, like, you know, watching the movie going, those cars are possibly CG. You know, when they're driving cars, I'm thinking, well, the way those cars are driving... Sometimes they're CG. Yeah, but there really is a car in the in the green screen thing. Sometimes, but um, it twists it all on its head because I'm like I'm, I was looking at it going, that's probably CG. Oh, that isn't, and that isn't. You know, it's... and he works in a very small studio, so it's like they actually just in the just like a warehouse room. with a high ceiling. Not particularly big either. It's just... I mean, it's probably bigger than what we saw because they had different staging areas, mm. but that was it. And everything's painted green, which I think is really interesting. Even the set where she's dancing in the bar, it's like the arc thing behind her is built, but it's painted in green and then nothing else is there at all. Like the no. whole, and it's a huge bar and there's loads of people and tables and... So, I really loved it, but I'm kind of the audience for this movie because I love the first one and Robert Rodriguez always does something for me, his stuff. 
Um, I'm not. I don't think it might have the same impact for somebody who's just watching it now and never saw the first one. I don't know if it. We should watch the first one. Yeah, but there's going to be people who go to that cinema or went to the cinema to see this, not knowing the first one existed. No, I think this will have the same impact because they haven't seen the first one, so they haven't experienced. I mean, that you, one you've really. I'm thinking if you've have seen it, if there is has been anything like this. I mean, they did the Spirit, which I never saw. Um, wasn't Robert Rodriguez, but that was done in a comic book style based on a Frank Miller novel. Um, people may have seen that. I never saw it, you know. But um, I don't know. It's not quite as good as the first one, is what I'm trying to say. You should what you should watch the first one if you're going to watch this. Because well, it watch them both. Because it's not quite as good. It's it is it's as good visually, but the story in the second one is not quite as fleshed out as it should. As it could have been. So let's move on to the cast. Mickey Rock um, reprises the role of Marv, you know, and he's... You might not even know it's Mickey Rock if you're not paying attention because he's under a, a whole lot of makeup and prosthetics. But he was my he, he was actually my favourite part of the first movie. And I think he did awesome job here again. Like It was just like... It was like the first movie, you know, happened yesterday. And there, there he is again, like, to me. Like, you know, there's many years in between, but he just stepped straight back into being Marv. Well, there's not much to it. To me, there, there's quite a lot there to isn't. it. There isn't. They put a bunch of makeup on him, and then he walks around all tough and shit, and he's already kind of psychotic, a little bit. Uh, all he does is walk around. He doesn't do most of the stunts. He does the, the talking, I guess, but it's like, oh, yeah, let's go kill everybody. That's kind of it. I really loved it in the first one. I'm not one. saying not to love it. I'm saying it's not like... It's not like, oh, wow, he is powerful and really into it, whereas Josh Brolin's character has to do a lot more actual performing, I think. I definitely, um, I I really enjoyed Mickey Rock. Um, I want him to be in all Sin City movies if they make more of them as well. Like, I, I What does it appeal to you? Because it doesn't appeal to me. I just like the character of Marv. I really did in the first one, too. I just liked... I know. What appeals to you? It's just this really effed up man who's like he's kind of uncontrolled but he's not like he likes to do you know in this one he does something really violent oh also there's another bit of recasting you know the big guy I forgot his name he was Michael Clark Duncan in the first one but he died didn't he so they, so they couldn't use him in this one they had to use a different guy was he in the first one yeah with the with the why do we have him because we didn't have Evie in the first one did we no she wasn't in it, but he was. Minute. And he mm. was Michael Clark Duncan, but then Michael Clark Duncan died, so obviously you can't have him, mm. but this guy was also awesome. Like, so. You know who he is? He's from car insurance uh, commercials. No, I don't even know. And from, I, I mean, that's not all he's from, but I mean, that's where you right. would, if you watch TV, you'd be like, that's the guy from the insurance commercials. So secondly, Jessica Alba reprises Nancy, and they're not wrong in the extras when they say, in the extras they were saying how, like, she, well, she was saying... How she really wanted to step it up and just come in here and do what she wanted to do with this character. She totally did. You know, there was more for her to do. In the first one, she didn't really have to do a lot. She was she had to do a dance in the first one. And then she was like a damsel in distress a little bit. Yeah. But in this one, she has a complete... Digs a lot deeper. Yeah, and it's it's a good... She does a lot of dancing in this one. You like to watch Jessica Alba dance. There's it's not lot. just that I like... I mean, I wouldn't say I like watching Jessica Alba dance. But what she does in these different scenes is that we're wa- she's telling the story 
actually with the way she's dancing. So in one, she's she does a little bit of like this sort of lackluster, fuck everybody, I'm tired, I'm drunk, and she kicks at him, and yeah. then she goes backstage, and they're like, "Where? What's the show?" So you know that she's she's she can't do it. Like she's just like, "Ugh, screw everybody." Then she kind of gets this like. I'm tuned up and I've got another mission. I'm going to use my dancing like she's going to do the, you know. So then she's got a whole different attitude. Like she's she's now giving into this almost like this will be my end and I'm just going to, once I'm done with this particular dance, I'm going to do this thing and then that'll be it. So it's kind of half-ass again. But then, then when she's just like completely accepted her, that her lot in life is to get men to get a heart on and that that's all they want is to sit there and watch her. She just totally. Yeah. And it's not even like a sexy dance. I'm not a man, but I mean, it's, it's sexy ish, but it's like, it's like turning it around on you and saying, see what an asshole you are. This is what you want me to be. And she's really good at it. Like, Really, and, then and she, that progresses her through just and with the bits of her scenes in between. I thought it was really good. I was and, impressed, and not just the that she also gets to be in some action scenes yeah, this yeah. time too. And it's she's good. Um, Josh Brolin plays Dwight. I, I think he's actually way better than Clive Owen playing Dwight because Clive Owen was one of the least favorite things about the first one. I just I didn't like him, and I didn't like the dude in the with the red with the red girl. I always forget his name, Harnett. Harnett? Oh, Josh yeah, Harnett. yeah. Josh, in the first Hartnett, movie, yeah. Harnett, him, and Clive Owen were my least favorite parts of, of our least favorite people in there. So, uh, Josh Brolin, I really like Planet Terror. He's amazing in Planet Terror with Robert Rodriguez, and obviously he's, he feels comfortable with him, I think. Because he really gives himself in this one. Oh, yeah. Like he, he always does. Like, it's Josh Brolin just, like, uh, and there's some awesome makeup going on with him, too. Um... Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays Johnny. And Johnny's like a really, you know, he's a pretty central character in this. And there's a bit of a twist with him and everything. Um, and I really liked how he played it. You know, kind of this young... He's seen stuff. He knows stuff. He's not, like, naive or wet behind the ears, really. But, uh... He's on a mission. Yeah. Which it's a very... It's, exactly Frank go. Miller is a very revenge-heavy writer. Yeah. Every single story is victim revenge, victim revenge, vic- every single story. There isn't one that isn't. No. There is no redemption for anybody. It's all, you're, you are going to die at the end. Whether you're the victim or the bad guy, you're probably going to die at the end of the story. Because as the victim, you're probably so used up and damaged that that's it. You have nothing else to offer the world and you can't go on. If you're the bad guy, you deserve... To be dead, because they're so bad. True. Um, but yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's great. He was a good addition to it. Um, I just was a little bit unsatisfied with his story, but that's nothing to do with him, because he played the guy perfectly. Really good. Um, Rosario Dawson plays Gail. She's reprising the role from the first one. Um, I never really loved her in the first one either. And the funny thing is, the bunch of angry prostitutes that she's a, b- a member of I always like the other ones better than her. Like, I like Mayho and, you know, the other ones always seemed more interesting, yet they stick her in the foreground all the time. And they did that again with this one. I don't find her interesting at all. No, I, I personally don't either. I mean, she's... There's an interesting story to tell about those lot, yet... Not really. Like, yet it's her who it's gets the It's not that interesting. Um, <laughs> Let's be honest. 
Bruce Willis is back again as Hartigan. I mean... Here's what the prostitutes with guns is all about. They're prostitutes with guns. True. There's not much more interesting than that unless you have a penis in which you can go, oh, prostitutes with guns. I always think in Machete, you know, Sophia Varinga, her story Mm -hmm. is partially that story as well, you know? Like, the... Mm -hmm. Like, She's way more interesting than those. But it's still the, like, we've been done wrong and then we're going to go out and fuck everybody over. Like, it's a it's a similar type of deal. I mean, it's a Robert Rodriguez thread as well, isn't it? The strong women who fight back. It doesn't make you a strong woman. Um, Bruce Willis <laughs> is back, yeah, but it, I mean, he's, he's minimal in it. I mean, he can't have been on the set many days for this. But if you saw the first one, you would understand why he's not really in it that much. <laughs> um, but he's good. I mean, I... He, again, it's almost, it's like the first movie took place yesterday and now I'm watching the sequel the day after and it's, it doesn't really seem much different. Like, oh, I think he looks way different. You just aren't noticing. No, I get yeah. The makeup was like really, I was like, wow, everything is. Yeah, seems... but this is an excellent forehead, but he looks way older. Uh, Eva Green is a new addition to this one. She plays Ava, um, or Eva or Ava. But yeah, she's, she was in 300 as well, if you remember. Um, oh, yeah. She's not afraid of being naked, no. I will say. <laughs> she's naked a lot in this movie. Um, but she's good. Like, I mean, that was a femme fatale, like, temptress kind of character who... She was really scary. I was actually scared. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because I was like, oh, what's she going to do, this woman? Like, it's, you know, it, she's... It's not... It's not actually fully clear what she's doing, is it, at, at first? I mean, it's kind of, oh, okay, but... What really? Really? Yeah. Really, it wasn't clear to you what she was doing? No, I knew she was... Oh, wait, that's right. You're a guy. But I knew she was... But not the full scope that's of what she's doing. That's what I guess is fun about Frank Miller, is that he puts those that well, that character out there, and it again, just like the Jessica Alba with the dancing and the, like, pointing... Being a mirror to the people observing her, for whatever nefarious reasons, that this femme fatale character is a mirror that men... From his storytelling, not, not, well, maybe a little bit in my experience, but mostly his stories in, in his world. Men are gullible, angry. Yeah, if they flash their eyelashes Angry, on. gullible, violent, vengeful creatures. Like, they're not even people. They're just, and they're easily manipulated, easily molded. And I think that's an interesting thing when, in fact, most of his characters are all like these, quote unquote, like Marv. Like, yeah. you think he's a strong dude, but he's not. He's easily manipulated. He's, like I said, he's everyone's weapon of choice. If you need somebody to come help you kill a bunch of dudes, you go get Marv. I mean, Marv's kryptonite is Nancy. Like, he has to look after her. He's like... He's... He called her his sister. Yeah, he's drawn back See? there. I don't be called her his sister. Yeah, no, he said it was like watching my little sister, like, dance it. Like, it's it's kind of perverse for him to sit watching her all the time. Okay. Just, you know, like, because like, he thinks of her like that. Because right. he has to look after her. But... He's drawn to her, like, he, you know, he has to protect her, like, he's... So it's it could be his downfall. Um, so we've also got uh, Powers Booth, who plays the main bad guy, Senator Rock. He's a menacing bastard. He's always big, over-the-top, but holds it just in enough, you know? Yeah. Like the bad guy on Deadwood and... Loved him in Deadwood. Because he's always the same, though. Yeah, he really he is always the same. He's often the same, kind of like, you know... Unfortunately, he's like men that I've kind of known. Like old I don't know the reach type. of their evilness, but I mean, the 
I am right. And that is it. And you will bow to my power. And you will, that's it. <laughs> like, there's yeah, no. He absolutely to it. knows how powerful he is. And yeah. everybody else can just, you know. Like, shut there's up. no room in his brain yeah. <laughs> for, like, anything else. And then finally, I put down Ray Liotta plays Joey. And he's only in it for a small part, but still, it's a nice addition. I, li- I liked him. Um, but yeah, he's only. Very small. <laughs> like, really small. Yeah. So this is directed by Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller, like a co directing job. And you'll know Robert Rodriguez, obviously, from Planet Terror and Machete and from Dust Till Dawn. And Frank Miller directed um, RoboCop 2, funnily enough. Um, no, wrote RoboCop 2. <laughs> he, he's wrote a bunch of stuff, um, but, he, you know, he is mostly, you know, him from 300 and Sin City. But um, I think they did a good job. I don't think you can tell. It's a joint directing job, to be honest. It feels like a Rodriguez film to me, you know? Well, yeah. Totally. I mean, it doesn't feel like... Like like the first one doesn't feel like a Tarantino slash Robert Rodriguez thing. No, no. It feels cohesive as a Sin City thing. So, um... Extras on the Blu-ray. And uh, this, is an in- this is a cool set, actually, because you get the 3D version of the movie, the Blu-ray, the normal Blu-ray, the DVD, and the digital copy, all in one box. And I think it was seventeen ninety nine, which is unheard of for, like, the 3D and the 2D. And the digital copy. So that's a pretty cool um, set. Uh, and it does have some extras, which are not mentioned here. Uh, it has the movie in high-speed green screen, which is pretty cool if you want to see how the movie was made. And you'll be amazed, I think, a lot of the time by oh, yeah. how little there is there. Um, there's makeup effects of Sin City with Greg Nic- Nicotero. And he's the guy who's worked with Robert Rodriguez for years doing the makeup on his movies. Dust Till Dawn... We saw him in the extras for that. He did all the gore effects and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting to see. These are actually decent extras, I think. It just wasn't like... Yeah. Oh, that was just enough. That's yeah. exactly right. Uh, I wanted a commentary, but... And Robert Rodriguez, remember that cooking school that you used to do, which was awesome, and you actually said, because I went back and watched one, I'm going to do this on all my Blu-rays because people have really warmed to it. Then you stop doing it. Like, do it again. Like, because it is cool. We really liked it. I can remember the one where he made tacos and it was like, you know, he's a good cook and <laughs> he has a purpose-built kitchen at, at Trouble Maker Studios. They, you know, used to take you inside, but he doesn't anymore. So, no, there isn't one of those. But there is Stunts of Sin City with Jeff Dashnor as well. And then there's these character profiles, which I thought were just going to be promotional pieces, but they're actually pretty good. There was a decent amount of interviews with the actual cast in there. Yeah, that would be good. And good why, for me. And why, you know, they kind of explained why they wanted to be in this movie. I think people are attracted to Robert Rodriguez because I think it's very unlike other things that they do. You know, they're, they're in the studio system. They go and do a big movie for Sony or whoever, and there's a, there's a whole thing. Rodriguez is like, you come to his ranch that he, he owns, and you come in his little studio, and you do the Rodriguez thing, which is not the same. Have you always thought it seemed different? No. You think it just feels like a, he's doing a studio thing, but in his backyard? Kind um, but yeah. I mean, he's doing it literally in his house, like. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got a purpose-built ranch, like it's. But I feel like it's different for actors because they come and it's more personal. Like Lady Gaga's in this movie as well. Um, for like half a second. She was also in uh, Machete. Um. He said he wants to do a movie where she's the star of it. And if anybody 
could do that. It'd be him, you know. It's yeah, she's only in it for half a second, but you know, she she fit. It wasn't ridiculously out it of place. It was completely unnecessary. It doesn't. She didn't fit. She was just a waitress. Yeah, but I mean, it just seemed she seemed fine. People, I just saw people like ragging on this movie because Lady Gaga's in it. That's the first thing I saw. Lady Gaga's in it. She ruins it. She's an absolute joke. Why is she even in a movie? Um, like this? it was pretty much useless. It was no point. Um, to even say that, like, just don't say it, and ever be that. I mean, it literally is one line. She does nothing except one thing in one scene, and there's no revisiting. There's no, here's a mysterious character. There's no wink at the end of her scene. There's nothing. I'm funnily enough. She could actually be anybody. So it does really nothing. He um, recorded the Lady Gaga part on the same day as she did the machete. They did they did that at the same time. So, you know, while he had her, he's a very, like, I got to get my money's worth. Oh, economic. Things. Yeah, very, very. So I think that, you know, it's one of those things. Um but yeah, I like the way Rodriguez does things. He's not a part of that studio system. He has his own place. He invites the people to come. He lets them do the thing. Most of his films are really wacky and outrageous, and like you come, you know, you've got to come and be different to what you normally are. Like you're going to be either. Oh yeah. You know, it, they're not going to be easy parts to do, are they? They're going to be like, you know, controversial or. Well, I think that Lady Gaga one was pretty easy. <laughs> Well, that one, but yeah. not in the other movie. In the other, in Machete, she it was, it was pretty old because it was the the yeah. changeling thing. Um, True. So, uh, yeah. In conclusion, that. those were good. I liked those movies. Yeah, they were awesome. <laughs> and I didn't think I'd like them either. But I don't know if they're awesome, but they're fun. The second one, um, I especially like because it went really bananas. Like. And it was almost like Spy Kids for adults. It was just like, it yeah. went crazy. And I really loved that. I just thought it was like fun and super stupid and gory and... It wasn't stupid, but... I mean, you know what I mean. No, I mean, it's it's pretty silly, that second one. He's like, a, he turns into like a spy and he's like all over the place. It's, and the first one's more like what the Grindhouse trailer kind of yeah. kind of says it's going to be. But then that second one, he just went, ah, screw it. Machete is like a superhero now. He's like crazy. You know, he's like, you can't kill him. Like, he mm-hmm. can't die. And then at the end, the, net, the third Machete movie will probably be in space. I mean, it's crazy. It, it got crazy. But, I mean, it's a movie, so I don't... I don't... I, that's what I like to say. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, I was saying. Like, yeah. he, he just decided, no, we won't stick to this, like, it's this, you know... Yeah. We'll go, we, into the air. Comic booky, fictional yeah. movie world. So I like what Robert Rodriguez does. It's super trashy, all this stuff, but if you like... I I would say that nobody else really does what he does. He has a very specific thing of his own. Um, Yes, there are a lot of Grindhouse movies and stuff that cheap people make, but nobody makes them like he does, these kind of things. (laughs) So thanks to Anchor Bay for the Blu-ray, and uh, if you want to win a Blu-ray, not not this Blu-ray, but if you want to win a copy of Dead Snow 2, just go to aschoolie.com and you can win. Dead Snow 2! Next week's review is Guardians of the Galaxy, and I, it was actually going to be this week, but then the holiday, um, we haven't had it delivered yet because of the holiday. It's actually in transit. It'll be here on Monday. So next week, it definitely will be Guardians of the Galaxy. So movie recommendations. I am going with 300 and 300 Rise, the second one. I thought it was really good with Ava Green. I, I really liked it. Both of them, I think, fit together perfectly. And my other one is from Dust Till Dawn, and I was... 
that's a Rodriguez thing. But I was, I'm actually going to recommend the series. The season one of the series. Oh, yeah, I agree. The TV series. I agree. Because if you... It's like a super long version of the movie that actually has a lot more to it. I mean, yeah. there's actually way more to it than the. And film. now you can see it, and and we watched the we watched the series. We'd seen the film before, but we watched the series in its entirety, and then we went and watched the movie. And now I understand. Yeah, that series is like a really expanded version of that movie, and there's a lot more going on than that movie can convey in that short amount of time because the movie's really short, and it gets to the point fairly quick, and then you know. Well, with our characters, it's the same. But with the vampire side. Yeah, the vampires, you actually get to understand a lot more about them. Even goes back in time to like the 1800s and stuff. It's, or even before the Conquistadors time, it even goes back there. But yeah, the series. So I recommend Robert, and it's, some of it is directed by Robert Rodriguez, the series. And Tarantino actually wrote a lot of the dialogue. So that's my recommendation. Yours is nothing. I couldn't think of anything. The only thing that came to my mind, and it's very repetitive, (laughs) <laughs> what's your favourite comic book movie or graphic novel movie well, no, see I don't think of it that way see I was thinking of women characters in things and what came so to my mind so you're going to say Kill Bill right no what I'm going to say is Star Trek Next Generation because Dr. Beverly is a female character who doesn't seem to have any of the female character trappings that a lot of TV shows and movies give. She's literally not... I mean, her husband died. But, I mean, she's not a victim of that. You know what I mean? She's not... She's just a good, strong, solid... Gets a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stories. Does it well. And I just think she... You know... Then in contrast to that, from Deep Space Nine... I forget her name... So we've got Star Trek Next Generation, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I forget her name, but she's from the planet where Deep Space Nine is floating around. I can't help you because I'm not and, a Star uh, Trek fan of the slightest. I should know her name. But um, she was she's of the race that was oppressed for like so many years by the bigger, by the horrible people. And so she's sort of got that bad, you know, she, well, you don't know Tosh either from Next Generation, but... um. You know, bad things happened in her childhood and to her family. But then she becomes a, a strong, consistently good, able character with a real whole person. And I wish I could remember her name. But those are the things that come to my mind when I'm trying to dig up actual good female characters. Kill Bill. She's a great. She is, however, exacting revenge because a man did her wrong. True. I mean, horribly wrong. Horribly, horribly wrong. And other men have done her wrong. So, that's what I came up with. Dark, <laughs> Star Trek. Whole series. You have to watch the whole seasons. The whole series of uh, Star Trek Next Generation. It's only like eight years, right? And then uh, Deep Space Nine, which I think is also like seven years. So, dig in there with the Netflix. <laughs> so, talk, games and A-Scully stuff. Talking of Black Friday. Um, it isn't actually Black Friday. It's Star Wars Friday because Disney decided to put out the trailer teaser trailer for Star Wars The Force Awakens, which is episode 7 of Star Wars, which is coming next year. And we watched the teaser trailer. I've actually watched it about... uh, uh, I've seen it about eight times in the last day. (laughs) 
keep watching it because I really love yeah, it. Yeah, it's been the subject of great discussion as well. Yeah. So um, Star Wars The Force Awakens, we both watched it. Today. In fact, we watched it on the big screen today um, in in surround sound as well, which was another, like, I was like, oh, I'm watching it again in a different way. Like, um, so what did you think of the teaser trailer? Don't ask me. What do you think? I'm I, not the Star I, Wars freak. Uh, what I'm happened? the Star Trek person. What happened to me watching it? And uh, it didn't happen with the prequels, actually. Um, the prequels, I was excited, you know, and I saw the Phantom Menace prequel, which is a uh, teaser trailer, which was a really good teaser trailer. I remember it. But it didn't bring me back to Star Wars. This trailer, it brought me back to Star Wars. Like, I was like, holy crap, when I was a kid and I, what, the excitement I have to watch Star Wars, that's what I'm getting from looking at this. And I'm not seeing much, you know, because this is like a 90 second trailer and, it's it's you don't see much. You see some mm-hmm. glimpses of some things, but everything I saw was like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I want to see. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. So it made me excited. I was actually like, you know, when you had I got goosebumps and I couldn't. I yeah. think I was getting them for you. Yeah, <laughs> I really it, did because I'm like, oh my god. I, I mean, it's a minute and a half, and it was like oh, he's gonna be so excited about this because it's like I could, I'll I'll just it was this is what happens. Oh, a stormtrooper? Oh, no. This is how it goes. Tatooine? Oh, it's Tatooine. I love Tatooine. <gasps> stormtrooper? Cool. <laughs> oh, look, a droid. You know how many times I've watched it because I actually am saying exactly how it happens. Oh, yes. a dro- look at that droid. That, that's not R2-D2. That's amazing. Look at that thing. Oh, look at that. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a girl on a bike thing. I've never seen that bike thing. That bike thing's cool. And then it's like, oh, stormtroopers. What, where are those stormtroopers going? They're in a ship. Oh. The doors opening, they get oh, it looks like it's like foggy or something. Where are they going? I don't know. Then it cuts to like um, a, a forest and a dark cloaked figure walking from behind, like in this really cool, like the way the camera is. It's like awesome looking, like ominous. And then he pulls a lightsaber out, and it's like this lightsaber that you've never seen before. It looks like a sword. And I was like, holy shit, look at that lightsaber! And who's this? Who is this guy? Is he a bad guy? I don't know. I mean, he's a bad guy, but he's got a red saber. Is he the main bad guy or what? I don't know. Is it a guy? It's a teaser trailer. Is it a guy? Yeah, is it a guy? And then, the money shot for me, the Millennium Falcon flies up in the air, and the camera, like, follows it like I've never seen before. And it's not just, like, the Millennium Falcon in space hanging from a wire. It's like Millennium Falcon really exists. Yeah, and it's flying over Tatooine, interestingly enough. And it does this, like, loop-the-loop, and the camera kind of does this weird following it. And then some TIE fighters come towards it, so it's in a battle of some kind. And then the Star Wars The Force Awakens logo and the John Williams music plays. And I was like... <laughs> you want to watch it again right and then now, it said, <laughs> then it says December 2015. And I was like, no, that's the only part I don't like. That it's a year away. It's actually a year away. It's only a year. Do you know how long this last year is? Think about it. This year's gone quick, right? So, okay, it'll be time to see it. Yeah. By the time you snap your fingers. But yeah, that trailer did everything I possibly wanted from Star Wars. You know, there was X-Wings, there was Millennium Falcon, there was Stormtroopers, there was droids. <laughs> there was a cool lightsaber Sith dude. That's what I want from Star Wars, and that looks like what they're going to deliver. And the music from John Williams, who's back doing the music again. Um, I was blown away. Totally blown away. I can't... I don't really like to watch trailers, because I don't want spoiling stuff, but those teaser trailers, they don't really spoil anything. Because you can't make heads and tails of what is going on. I mean... The stormtrooper in the very first scene, he looks worried like he's being chased or something. That's yeah, all. Yeah, it's like a can... horror movie. Yeah. Trailer. It's like... 
It actually made me jump the first time. The force the is awake. Part. Can you feel it? Yeah, there's a voiceover as well. Um, it is awesome. Max Vanzito. So you have to wait till uh, 2015. No, you don't have to wait. Oh my god, you'll be getting little tiny nib- nibbles of this all. Oh, time. Disney are really serious about Star Wars now. And I'm glad they're in charge of it because this looks like what I have always wanted to see. I think I'll be as excited watching that on the night it comes out as I was when I watched Star Wars. And I was really excited for the Phantom Menace, those prequels as well. I'm not saying I I hate those prequels, but they didn't give me that because there isn't as much in those movies. There isn't as much. Um, there's no X-wings. There's no. You know, it's it's not what you remember. It's a new thing. This is like what you remember. Not what I remember. I didn't watch Star Wars till I was right. an adult. Right, true, but it's what I, you know, the toys I played with, it's all that stuff, like, is on the screen again. I'm excited. So that's that. So um, we're going to be doing Star Wars Marathon at some point before those Yeah, come? absolutely. Just before it comes out. <laughs> I will we'll watch all six before it comes out, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, I need to watch all six. For absolutely. The... I do too, because I don't... It's no, I mean, easy. I don't need to watch all... Oh. I, I understand Star Wars, like... I'm I'd have to watch everything though, right? I have to watch Clone Wars. I've already wa- I'm already watching Rebels. I need to watch all six of the other ones. We are watching Star Wars Rebels. Um, I love it. I love Rebels as well. It is Disney really good. Are just awesome with Star Wars. I mean, Rebels is just an awesome bunch of characters who I'm in love with already. Like it's you know, and I, it gives you enough of your like. <gasps> there's yeah, a Tie Fighter. Yeah, it goes. <gasps> there's and a Sith. It, oh, and there's C-3PO, up. and there's R2. You know, there's things in there where you're like, wow, this is. Yep. You know, this is Star Wars. So, yeah, exciting Star Wars. Um, and what else is exciting this week? Uh, games and exclusive stuff. I've been playing the GTA V. That's not a new game. I was going to say. But it's been remastered for the new next generation systems. And uh, it's, I'm playing it on the PS4. And what they've done to it is like a miracle. Like, I feel that it was perhaps always meant for the next gen systems, but they brought out the last-gen version because there was no, you know, the new-gen systems weren't around properly yet. And they knew they could make a lot of money by selling it to the PS3 360 crowd. But now it's been remastered. It's the same game, don't get me wrong. It's the same story and everything. But everything is 1080p, so, like, how the other one, everything was kind of blurry. If you walked up to, like, a flyer in a in a... Let's say we're in a strip club and there's a wall and there's a lot of flyers on it. If you walk up to those flyers in the PS3 version, you can't read any of them. They're just fuzzy. You can see a picture. You can see a bit of fuzz. In the new version, every single object in the entire world, you can walk up to and read it. Like, there's a calendar on the wall. You can actually read the dates off the calendar. Like, it's so sharp and pinpoint. Wow. And that's what you've always wanted. Always wanted. And and Rockstar's world, I've been playing Watch Dogs recently. And Watch Dogs, I really, I was kind of enjoying. But when I went back to um, Los Santos, you know, um, Grand Theft Auto world, I was like, holy crap, nobody knows how to make an open world like, you know, Rockstar do. Like, the attention to detail is insane. Like, every single, like, you go in somebody's house, they have a set of cups and they have a different cup and here's a cup. Look at that. Talking of detail, I'm playing The Sims and there's carrots growing out of the ground. Yes, you can see the like that. You, yep. In Grand Theft Auto, like, 
there's so many art assets in the game. Like, you know, like you don't see the same thing twice a lot. Like, and here's you, how you are. You just take your time. Yeah, you just go look, look at, at stuff. You go in a room and you're just, I can see you looking around, looking around. Yeah. Looking around, open drawer, open this, look at that. Go up close, look out the window. Oh, look out the window and watch the world go by for half an hour. <laughs> yeah, um, the, one of the main characters, Franklin, at the beginning of the game, you meet him and then you go to his house and you go in his room. And I never realized now that you can see everything properly. It's like, you know, if somebody like wiped your glasses off, it's like all clear. <laughs> yes. Um, and you can also do first person mode in this new version, which you couldn't do in the old version. So you can actually experience everything first person, which makes everything look e- even more clearer and easier to see. But when I was in Franklin's room, I was like, I didn't even realize he's got DJ decks here in the corner. Like, so that kind of builds a picture of Franklin. Oh, he's into hip-hop music, and there's his DJ decks, and perhaps he DJs. And he's reading some books, and he's got, like, magazines, like GQ magazines. You know, it builds up a picture of a person, like, just going in their apartment. Um, All the cars have been redone, like, so it's just... Everything's cleaner, clearer, and smoother as well. There was a portion of the game where you start flying. It's like a flight school. And I always really love that part because you fly around Los Santos in a plane and a helicopter. But on the PS3, it really struggled, that part. Like, because, you know, because you were above the city and you could see everything, they put, like, a fog filter so, like, you could only see a certain... You know, it's really foggy, so you can only see, like, this far in front of you. Well, now, with the new generation hardware, they've took that fog off completely so you can see the whole city. Like, you can just see it. Now that changes the gameplay because you're flying the helicopter into the fog basically in the PS3 version. Now you can see the city. So I feel that it was always a game for this generation. It was just they needed to sell it to the last generation because people have... There's many Xbox 360s out there and there's only a few, you know, new generation systems. So I just think... It was always made for this generation. I can't wait to see what they do with Grand Theft Auto 6. You know, now they've got all this power to work with. It could be, like... This one's mind-blowing, so I don't know what... (laughs) And having first person in Grand Theft Auto, it doesn't feel right to me yet, because it's never been that way. It's always you can see the character. So being first person... You know when you're being Trevor, and you can see Trevor, and you know Trevor's a complete asshole, and (laughs) Trevor's going to do crazy shit... When it's first person, you don't see Trevor anymore. You are Trevor, right? So it doesn't feel the same. You always are Trevor. Yeah, but it's like... This is the argument I always make to you. You are Trevor, whether you can see him or not. He's not a puppet. You are being him. Right. So when you're doing all those shitty things, it's you doing it. You're making it happen. You just have the luxury of being like, oh, no, no, no. I'm just the puppet master. It's not me. Well, I've always found... But you don't accept that. I thought I would hate Trevor, actually, as a character when I saw the trailer. I was like, oh my god, Trevor's going to be... You better hate him. He's horrible. But you do you do hate him because he's like a violent asshole, but there's something about him also that is like... He's like a... He's not lovable in any way, shape, or form. He's... he's is he sympathetic, though? He's been wronged, but he's also gross. Like, he's gross. <laughs> you know? He's like... He's... He, he's sexual in weird ways. Like he, like he has. He'll take a man. He'll take a boy. He'll take a girl. He, he, oh, and you don't hate him for that? No, I don't mean kids. I mean like, he's just. You said boy and girl. No, I mean I just mean the sexes. You know? A man or a woman? Yeah, like okay. 
But he's like, he's he's odd. Like sometimes he wakes up and you've like he's obviously done something really horrendous. <laughs> like and like because when you switch to the character, sometimes he's been doing stuff without you being privy to any of it because you've been playing as Michael because there's three characters and you'll come back to Trevor and he's like in a room and there's like four dead bodies and he's just stood in the middle of the room in his underpants looking and you're like I don't know what happened there but he doesn't seem that he doesn't seem too bothered about it like it did he find this room full of dead bodies or was he involved in this yeah there's weird stuff that happens with him um you can but you can't always fully understand what it what happened so so yeah, that's Grand Theft Auto Five. We've also been playing Lego Batman Three Beyond Gotham, which is the latest Lego Batman game. And instead of it being around the city of Gotham, they've took it to space this time, which is totally different. So the just it's to do with the Justice League, and there's this uh, all the Green Lanterns and the Lanterns, and they all live in space. So Batman comes to space to help them. So the whole game pretty much takes place in space. Um, so it makes it feel really different because there's a load of sp- uh, shooting levels where you're actually it's like an old old arcade games but they're played in the Lego style uh, so we've been playing that it's really cool um, I think the we, graphics this is we. me and my nephew yeah. I think the graphics are getting uh, better in the Lego games they're like looks they, really good they're just like they're doing like clever tricks with like the foreground and the background yeah, yeah I was going to say you get lost in the world now for sure yeah for and, sure. and there was a portion last night which we, which we noticed was really cool they letterboxed the game like a movie at one point, you know, because like a cutscene, and it was a spaceship taking off. So imagine the screen is letterboxed, and the spaceship starts to take off, and then the spaceship goes through and out of the bars, out of the letterbox. Oh right, yeah. So it was like, wow, that's really cool. Like it makes it seem like three D because it it left the screen. Like, so yeah, there's really cool stuff like that. And now uh, we played it on the three sixty. Um, I've also been playing this week Geometry Wars three Dimensions on the PS4. It's the new Geometry Wars game. And what's special about this one is it's uh used to be an Xbox franchise, but now it's on everything. And uh it's Geometry Wars that you remember from the Xbox. You know what? Geometry Wars was the first 360 game I ever played. I bought the 360 on launch day. In fact, we lined up for it in Walmart. Brought it home at midnight. Connected it to Xbox Live. And the first game I got was Geometry Wars. And I ended up playing Geometry Wars most of the evening. That's true. So it was the f- my first experience with the with that console, and I played it on and off for years. So there to be a new one now on the PS4, and it's the kind of game where I just see it on my dashboard and go, oh, I've got to have a go at that for a few minutes. And then a few minutes usually turns into two hours of trying to beat somebody's score. Uh, and it has that cool thing where all your friends on your friends list who play it, their scores crop up in your game. So you play in, and then at the bottom it says, hey... Such and such got a million on this yesterday, and you're 500 points behind that. So you're like, oh, I've got to make sure that name goes away. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it has that competitive uh, edge to it. Um, so yeah, that's Geometry Wars. And there's a new game out next week called The Crew. And I don't, uh, I've told you about The Crew, and it's like my dream come true. <laughs> and it's coming out next week. It's that game where you can drive across the entire United States. It's a racing game. And I said, since I was a child, I had a Commodore 64, and there was this game called The Great American Road Race. And it was really rudimentary graphics, but you could, like, race across the entire USA. It was like Smoking the Bandit, or, I mean, the Cannonball Run. And I've always wanted a game where the race is, like, it's not just a track, or, like, 
driving from one place to another. It's literally driving across an entire country. That would be amazing. Looks like Ubisoft have done that. And that's the game The Crew, which is coming out this week. So that's all my game stuff for this week. So Sid Talk, what is for dinner? Tonight we're going to have leftover potato. There'll be mashed potato. Some couscous, which is quite tasty, actually. So potato and couscous. A kale salad, which you love so much. Not so much. But I love it. I'm not a kale fan, to be honest. I really love it. I did eat it yesterday, but... Then I'm going to make some of the crumble stuff, and you can have it on... Or you can have a burger. A veggie burger, obviously. Burger, sounds good. (laughs) Of course it does. All made of crumble stuff. I don't care. And my advice... Probably going back to my advice I've given in the past. And... It is. Don't be bullied. And I don't mean bullied like overt, in-your-face bullying. I mean bullied as in any kind. Intellectual, emotional, sly, conniving, sneaky, manipulative, all that bullshit kind of bullying. So we're gonna, we're gonna take the edge off the bullying and, well, it could be, it could be actual physical hardcore bullying as well. But don't be bullied in your life. And you may not know that you are. Maybe you aren't, but might, this might put a finger on it, but into believing, like believing in your in your actual true brain, in any gods, or spiritual things, or fictional things that don't exist, or that you don't think exist, but then you are are pressured or expected to, or it's just the habit of the people you're around. To layer on top of you this, like, buffer of, of course I believe in a god. Well, not a god. The god. Of course I do. And if you, if you, if you ever even have a hint in your entire life of, like, oh, I don't know, it sounds a little crazy. (laughs) Oh, but that's, oh, but no, 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 no. I believe in God. Oh, yeah, yeah, I believe in God. Of course I believe in God. Because if I don't. And if I don't say I pray for you and thank you for praying for me and I don't go to my church or at least I don't pretend to go to my church or I don't follow all the thing, all the little rituals and things. And if I don't sit by someone's hospital bed and say, oh, God's watching out for you. Or if something happens horrible to a child that I don't go, oh, well, now they're an angel in heaven with God. All that bullshit. No offense to anyone, but I'm sure that caused some offense. Um, and if you've ever, even in, in your real brain thought about it, and been like, I don't think this sounds right, then don't let other people force it down your throat. Like, it isn't up to them. And it isn't real just because someone believes it is. You're not the outsider because you don't believe what someone believes. If you're in a room with seven or ten seven-year-olds and they all believe in Santa Claus... And you stand over there knowing Santa Claus, does, Santa Claus doesn't believe. That doesn't make you the outsider. Are you telling me Santa Claus don't believe? <laughs> it means you're, you understand the world in a different way than those 10, 7-year-olds do. It doesn't mean they're an exclusive club to which you can you cannot belong until you decide to go back and and pretend or convince yourself that Santa Claus exists again. Because I, so many people that I know, not that I all know well, people I do know very well, I understand their motivations, I understand where they're coming from, I understand their levels of belief and how they kind of put it out there. 
I don't I don't agree with any of it and you know it gets discussed if it comes up I don't bring it up if it's not a thing I mean it's it's a non-issue unless it becomes an issue as in I'm excluded or rejected or in the face of someone else I am like someone says oh she's a non-believer so you know I'm a what so you've decided something exists. Therefore, you've created the club that is correct in your mind. And everyone else has the label of, oh, pat them on the head. Poor souls. They're non-believers. No, 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 no. Let's turn it around. I'm just me. I do not believe in anything like that whatsoever at all. Not a grain of it. Not a hint of it. Because I have no proof, I have no proof. If you tell me, oh, but, you know, I, I was with my father when he passed away and I felt this thing. Well, I, I cannot argue with that. I've had people die as well. And I have also felt things. That is not a proof of anything. That means you're in a vulnerable position and your mind and your heart are in a very weakened place. And you have an emotion that's an overwhelming emotion and you need to do something with it. Right? That's what that is. Call it what you want, I don't care. But don't act like you've sewn it up. That you're up on this high, high thing. And everyone down here is like, you can just pat us on the head and say like, wink, wink, she's a non-believer. Or he's, you know, he's not with us. Like everything that person says now is invalidated. Because you believe in some thing that does no thing. <laughs> like, you know... Yeah. No, no, nothing to me. To you. No, it's not just to me. In the world, there is no anything. There is no Jesus walking around. There is no proof of anything except what people think and believe. That isn't proof. It is what it is, right? If you decide to attach your whole life meaning to thing, then that I can't undo that. I don't want to undo that. Yeah. But if someone's pushing it on you, and you, you know, you feel the pushback, you feel like pushing back, but you don't because you feel like I'm going to get rejected, I'm going to get kicked out of my family, my husband's going to hate me, my children I won't know to explain to them. Those are sticky situations. I have no answer for those. But if in your mind you you do know yourself, and you're like, no, I don't actually believe in that, at least that's a beginning, mm -hmm. instead of kidding yourself. Or thinking, like, there's something wrong with me. Because I sit in that church pew every week. I see everybody praying. I put my hands together and I say the same words and I sing the hymn. And I sit at our dinner table and I say, thank you, God, for this food. And in my mind, I think it's all bullshit. Like, but I'm doing it. So what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. You're using your brain. So... Even if it only ever stays in your mind, accept the fact that you don't have to believe what other people tell you to believe. Because that's all it is. It's a thought. That's like, I can't make the next door neighbor stop loving football just because I don't like football. I can't and why would you want to? I can't plant a seed in someone's mind and say to you, I don't want you to play video games anymore. I'm saying, why would you want to? No, I'm saying, but that's the thing. Someone wants me to start believing in something I don't believe in. Right. That is the reality. That someone wants to take over your mind to plant their seed in it. I want you to say, oh, but my mind already is telling me this something different. 
Don't fight it. You know, go with your own instincts. If you are 100% convinced in whatever God thing that you believe in, are you absolutely to the core of you without even a hint of doubt? Fair enough. But I don't think that's possible, probably. <laughs> so All right, my advice so is don't let people tell you what to believe. Not even me. All right. So don't take that advice at all. <laughs> yeah. So I want to remind you about our website. It's aschoolie.com, sidsaw.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on stitcher.com, the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. You can get all the subscriptions there. Email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email SidTalk, and also don't take any of her advice. <laughs> and finally, stay classy, Mrs. Jessica Alba. It's very classy in this movie. And... Uh, Yes. It's probably- and I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you. End of transmission. Transmission.